for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Now that gospel we deal with every day on the Brightsman Hour, and we attempt to lift high the name that is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Harold Seitler speaking, and the Brightsman Hour Gospel Radio Door. And we're going to begin the program today with Mrs. Garrett at the beautiful Hammond organ, and a favorite hymn, My Faith Looks Up to Thee. This lovely melody brings us to our prayer time moment on the Bright Spot Hour. And every day I invite you by the radio to join with us as we pray together. Our Father, we thank Thee for the privilege and the opportunity of broadcasting the good news that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And then we're glad also for access to the throne of God's grace in believing prayer. The graciousness of God that extended to we sinners, saved by grace, the invitation to come before Him boldly in the name of Christ our Lord. And I bring my petitions, and I bring my needs, that I bring my listening audience to thee today. Bless that when the face of the crises are a need in their life. I'm going to pray for the shut-in, for the aged and for the infirm, that I pray in a particular way for those that have taken time to write to me, and in their letters they've requested an interest in my prayer. God be with them, and God help them, and do thou supply the need they may face. That I pray for the broadcast itself, Bless it and use it to your glory. That I remember the missionaries scattered around the world. God be with them today. And use them in their, at their post of duty. Give them souls for their labor. And reward them for their labor that they're doing for Jesus and for the sake of souls. Now supply every need that each door may remain open. And we'll give thee thanksgiving as we do. In the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. I thrill in the opportunity of hearing the electric vibe harp, and I'm sure many of you enjoy this lovely instrument as well as I. And Mrs. Garrett is a master with the instrument, and she's playing for you now. Blessed Redeemer. Thank you. 
Always a joy to have the recorded work of my late grandfather and also the late Mrs. Garrett with us on the Bright Spot Hour. I want to continue today dealing with the matter of prayer, and I was using Luke 1 and 18 and verse number 1 as a text. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. By the grace of God and your listenership, I'll develop these scriptures on the Bright Spot Hour in just a few moments. For those of you that hear the Bright Spot Hour uh, in the Mountain Empire, WZAP, one week from this coming Sunday. Now, this Sunday, the 31st of March, is Easter Sunday. And then on the 7th of April, I begin a meeting at the Copper Ridge Baptist Church in Cleveland, Virginia, the Reverend Richard Gibson and his congregation. And I'm looking forward to being with these good folk. And that will be coming up one week from uh, this coming Sunday. I would like to mention to you that of the Lord willing, Sunday night, the 31st of March, we have our big Easter presentation at Rock Springs Baptist Church. That'll be coming up now this Sunday in the six o'clock service. The choir and the orchestra will be presenting uh, a, a wonderful music presentation concerning the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's always a big part and a highlight of the year, and I hope that you'll uh, make your plans to come be with us. 201 Rock Springs Road in Easley, South Carolina. The service will be at 6. We generally have a very large crowd for this, and I hope that you'll make your plans to come and get there early so that you can make sure you have a good seat. We greet our listeners today from WZYN in Valdosta, Georgia, WGCR, Pisgah Forest, Brevard, North Carolina, WPIP, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The Bright Spot Hour is a work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable the door of radio broadcasting to remain open. And I make that statement every day because it is in reality a statement of fact. We depend upon the Lord and upon God's people to enable this door of radio broadcasting to remain open. My grandfather began the Bright Spot Hour 82 years ago in January of 1943. And here we are now working in our 82nd year toward our, working in our 81st year, working toward our 82nd anniversary. And it's a miracle how the, the Lord has been kind and the grace of God has been evident to enable the door of the bright spot hour to remain open. But God uses people. He uses his people. And I appeal only to God's people to help us in this work. During the month of March, and we withdraw the offer as of the end of the broadcast tomorrow, I make available Sermon 52 on the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon. I'll send this sermon to you on a compact disc. You may have yours for a gift of $10. I'll also make available my grandfather's sermon, Can God, Can God Furnish a Table in the Wilderness? My grandfather brought this message in 1973. It'll also come on a compact disc, and they are $10 as well. 
allow me the honor of sending the commentary, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, a verse-by-verse, line-by-line study, 303 pages in length. And I'll be thrilled for you to have a copy of this wonderful commentary on 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Beautiful, hand-held, stiff-back, paperback book, and something I think would be a benefit and a blessing to you in a definite way. You can have yours for $20. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, drbencarper at yahoo.com. Let me encourage you to find us on social media, Ben Carper or the Bright Spot Hour at Rumble, Getter, Odyssey, X, uh, YouTube, and Facebook. On the broadcast yesterday, I was dealing with a matter of prayer, and I would like to move forward with that today as the Lord shall help me. I, I, I use as a springboard, Luke 18, 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, like many things in the realm of theology and Bible understanding, there is a divine side and a human side. There is also a negative side and a positive side. When you and I recognize the divine work of God, but we see the responsibility of man, whenever we see the negative aspect of prayer, such as praying amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lust, and the positive aspect of praying, which is an evidence of faith, faith in Christ and trusting the Lord to do his good work in our midst, then I think that we'll have a proper understanding of the matter of prayer. Now, I say this without, I don't want to throw stones and, uh, and be ugly, but there have been, I think, some rather misleading uh, things that have been written on the matter of praying uh, over the uh, years and in, in my lifetime and then books that I've come across uh, dealing with the matter of prayer. There are some men that, that will tell you that if you don't get what you're asking for, I mean, just like you prayed for it, uh, then you have sin in your life and you're not right with God and you're not where the Lord would want you to be. But I read in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. With groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now, Romans eight twenty six says, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. The greatest infirmity you and I have as born-again believers is that no man knows what shall be on the morrow. For a man knoweth not what a day may bring forth. It's difficult for me to pray about things that I have not seen, things that I have not encountered, events and needs that I don't know at this point that I have. It'd be difficult for me to pray about uh, the, the death of a loved one or a, a void or vacuum left because of the death of a loved one when that loved one is very, very much alive. And I hope that 
uh, my loved ones around me. I hope we'll all go out in the rapture and that we won't have to follow one another down to the cemetery and, uh, and uh, follow one another through the funeral home. So it's not possible that I can pray today effectively about events that are going to transpire tomorrow in my life. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now the idea that that when I make a request, and I let me just illustrate this, I say, Lord, I, I want you to let me pastor that church. Or, Lord, I want you to let me buy that piece of land. That's a prayer I have prayed in the course of my life. Lord, I'd like to buy that piece of land. I'd like for you to let me buy that piece of land. Or you say, Lord, I'd like to buy this automobile. Or, Lord, I'd like to, I'd like to have this. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. Now, whenever I pray about that, I have no idea. But it might be that me buying that piece of land might become one of the largest albatrosses to ever affect me. I never will forget hearing Dr. Lee Robertson and he was talking along these lines about the matter of praying. And he said that when he was building Tennessee Temple College in Chattanooga, Tennessee, there was a large factory. And he said, Lord, let us buy that factory. We'll go in, we'll remodel it. The superstructure is there. We'll go in and remodel it and turn that into our college. We'll make it our campus. We'll put our, our college there, our school. We'll go in there, the dormitories. And Lord, let us have that. Just let us let us have that. And he said that, that the Lord didn't. In fact, the piece of property sold to a developer. And he was down about that for some time, according to his testimony. But then he, he later commented that the Lord had made plain to him and the Lord had revealed to his heart and revealed to his mind that if he had bought that piece of property, if if uh, if Highland Park Baptist Church had bought that piece of property, that it would have become a tremendous albatross around the neck of that institution and, and could have been the unraveling and the unfolding of that institution. The debt and things like that become a money pit. I mean, you might buy an old rundown warehouse and the land it sits on for a few hundred thousand dollars, but it costs you $20 million to get it up up to a speed and to remodel it and get it like it ought to be. And is, the problem is not buying it. The problem is remodeling it. And then after you remodel it, uh, paying the taxes on it and keeping the thing maintained. And he said that that would have become a tremendous albatross around his neck. Now, he prayed about that thing earnestly. But in the will of God, in the divine providence of God, God saw fit to not give it to him. There are many things that I've prayed about in the 52 years that I've been saved that I don't have. There have been many things I've prayed about that I do have, that God's allowed me to have. But there are many things I've prayed about in the course of my life that I don't have to this day. And at that point, negatively now, I must consider the fact that Paul said, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. The born-again child of God has access to God. You, God hears you when you pray. You may say, but Brother Ben, I heard a preacher preaching the other day, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That's in Psalm 66, 18, but that's in the Old Testament economy. Under the manner of the law, on the other side of the cross of Calvary. 
And when Jesus Christ died upon the cross of Calvary, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. From all sin. You and I are heard not because we are quote-unquote right with God, not because our lives are totally surrendered or totally dedicated, because I don't know anyone, including myself, and I'm using the Bible and the life of Jesus Christ as a standard. I don't know of any of us whose lives measure up to the standard of a perfection of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are heard because we are in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Peter makes a comment in 1 Peter 3, 7, Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. That your prayers be not hindered. I find that as a negative aspect in the matter of praying on this side of the cross. 1 Peter 3, 7. Also find as a negative aspect on this side of the cross, in the book of James, where James says, Ye pray and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your own lusts. Now, you and I would all confess that God is very gracious to us, and God is kind. And many times the Lord has given to you and me the desire of our heart. God has given to us the things that we have prayed for, the things that we've asked Him for And God, in grace and in mercy, has given those things to us and sometimes given them to us just exactly the way we prayed for them. But a negative aspect in prayer is praying amiss, praying to consume it upon one's lust. And then the prohibition that I find here, the negative aspect in Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for, as we ought. Now, what are the positive aspects in the matter of prayer? Men ought always to pray and not to faint. What are the positive aspects of praying? I'd remind you number one, faith in Christ. In 1 John 5 and verse number 13, these things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may believe on the name of of the Son of God. It is in that passage that John the Beloved says, if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Now, my friend, if, if you don't believe that God is able to answer your prayer, and no is an answer. Sometimes men don't bother to pray because they're afraid they won't receive what they're asking for. Well, if you don't believe that God is able to give you what you're asking for, why bother? But if you pray believing and God does not give you what you're asking for, I hope that you and I both are Christian enough, believer enough, mature enough in the faith and mature enough in the things of God to say, yes, Lord, you choose for me and I'll be satisfied with thy choosing. Apparently, it wasn't the will of God, the purpose of God for me to have those things. Then I'd remind you, there's the matter of obedience. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, obedience does not furnish us a ground upon which to stand, 
my ground upon which to stand before the Lord Jesus, before God the Father, is the blood of Jesus Christ. But the matter of obedience, I do believe, has an effect on the heart of God and the mind of God. I know in my life, when my children are obedient, that I'm much more inclined to help them and to give them the things they ask for than if they lived in open rebellion. And the only time they ever ask anything of me is when they had a definite need. Then there's the matter of abiding in Christ. You and I that are born again, we live and move and have our being in Christ. We abide in Him. I think a born-again believer ought to be on praying ground 24 hours a day. If somebody walks up and says, Brother Ben, would you pray for me now? You need to be in a condition that you can pray for them. I mean, pray for them right now. Humility, humbleness goes a long way with God. You know, David uh, did a lot of things that are recorded in the Bible that are not right. But David was always humble before God. Saul, on the other hand, many of the things, uh, sinful behavior that's recorded about King David is never mentioned about King Saul. And yet when Saul was lifted up in pride and offered the animal sacrifices, he signed his death warrant. And Samuel rebuked him and said, when you were little in your own sight, when you were little in your own sight. For you and me to learn to walk humbly with the Lord, to walk in submission and in subjection to divine providence. I think that goes a long way in God hearing and answering our prayers. There's the matter of joyful trust. The psalmist David, I recognize this is on the other side of the cross, but I think it's appropriate and applicable at this point. But David said, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, if I believe that verse in the light of Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, then I will see the good hand of God in my life. I will see the good work of God manifested in my life. And you will see the good hand of God and the good work of God manifested in your life as well. And my time has slipped out from under me again today. The Lord willing, we will be back with my grandfather on the program tomorrow on the Sabbath. And then I'll be back with you, the Lord willing, on coming Monday. You've been listening to the Bright Spot Hour, transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. Check out the website at thebrightspothour.com. Write Dr. Carper at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson reminding you to tune in the Bright Spot Hour tomorrow, same time, same station, same gospel.